Hello, beautiful people. Quick question. Have you ever thought to yourself, I've been passed up for a promotion, but I don't understand why? Or I want to change in my career, but where do I even begin? We know we're not the only ones that have had these questions. And that's why we started this podcast. It's called Career Gems for the Journey. And we hope that as you listen, you'll discover some gems for your career journey. I'm Leah Murphy, and I wear many hats. I'll tell you about three of them. I'm an engineer by trade, a career coach, and an entrepreneur, all while working to stay happily married and raise three children. And my name is Alma Gordon. I'm a brand marketer, entrepreneur, and serial passion pursuer with a business approach to my endeavors, but always with a creative spin. And we're two really great friends that have supported one another throughout our professional careers. I mean, we've been through it all, and we're here to share some authentic stories, key successes, and setbacks. You're not going to want to miss this. Hello, 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 beautiful people, and welcome to the series that we are working on here, How to Build High-Performing Cross-Functional Teams. My name is Leah Murphy, and I am the CEO and founder of Career Gems for the Journey. We help professionals build thriving careers. We've been in this series for a few weeks now, and it has gotten better and better and better week on week. So I am really excited to continue that momentum and to carry it into this week. Really excited to be here and be back today to be talking about high-performing cross-functional teams. This is how you deliver high-performing teams, right? This is not a matter of just getting a group of people together and maybe getting to the results that you're looking for, but this is making sure that not only do you build a team, but you build a team that is going to deliver against the results and expectations and potentially have the opportunity to exceed the expectations that um, they were originally asked to deliver. So I'm going to do a little bit of a recap for what we discussed last week, um, and then I'm going to bring us into the new content for this week. So last week we talked about clear stakeholder transparency and decision rights, right? So that really got down to who am I accountable to? Who are the people who need to know the work product that I am delivering? And who are the people who have some kind of say as to whether or not what success or failure looks like for the team? So that's what stakeholder transparency look like, looks like. And I found that early in my career, um, I missed the boat on stakeholder transparency often. So I try to make sure that I am um, really clear with folks who are early in career or folks that are mid-level in their career. Understanding who your stakeholders are can really be a game changer. You can deliver great results, but to the wrong people. And that can have a negative impact on not only your reputation, but certainly on your ability to continue to grow your career in that organization. So stakeholder transparency was huge. Lots of feedback in the background, back channels about that. Um, people were making comments like, you know, I never knew besides my manager who the stakeholders were, or I didn't understand that there were stakeholders that sit in, sat in other functions who I was ultimately, you know, accountable to, even though it was indirect. So really great feedback from, from last week's session. Um, and then the other one was around decision rights. Who makes the decision? Who holds the budget? Who has the purse strings, right? And that makes a big difference. And it carries us into the content that we're going to discuss today. So today we're going to talk about measures of success and resources. So we're building. We're at measures of success and resources for how to build a high-performing cross-functional team. So measures of success sounds really formal again. So I want to make sure that I give you guys the corporate speak for it, but then I want to make sure we get to the real talk. Uh, measures of success are key performance indicators. That's another really corporate term. 
what it comes down to is how are you being measured to know that you either delivered the results that you were accountable for, or you did not deliver the results that you were accountable for. So some examples of measures of success, some of you may know that I spent a long time in manufacturing operations, so operations roles and engineering roles. When I sat in operations, it was by far the most transparent and easiest way for me to understand what my key performance indicators were or my measures of success. Because in operations, my job was to get a certain amount of product out the door every day. So if anything impeded me or, or stopped me from getting the product out the door, I was clear that I was not defining, I was not meeting my measures of success for that day. So it was very transparent. Did you meet it or didn't you? As you continue to grow in corporate America, as you continue to take on new roles and responsibilities, sometimes it's not that transparent. There's a lot of ambiguity sometimes. So I want to break that down for us. I want us to make sure that you are clear today what your measures of success are. And if you're not clear, that you feel empowered and have the right ability to ask the questions of the people in your organization, be it your manager or be it someone else in your vertical, to make sure you get this information. And that if you are a leader of people and you're trying to build a team, that you do the work to make sure that you are giving the team exactly what they need to know as far as their measures of success. So, the measures of success that I like to use for folks who are in corporate roles that can often be amb ambiguous, oh, I'm struggling with that word today, um, that can often be ambiguous, tend to go back to your overall business deliverables. So as you are supporting the business, how does your work directly tie to the business meeting their objectives? So if you sit in finance, for example, Making sure that your annual operating plan work is delivered at the end of the day and whatever the steps that it takes in order to get there are your measures of success. So did you deliver the annual operating plan information? Do the right people um, know when it's due and when that information needs to be to you and then how you get it to the senior leaders in the organization? These are your measures of success. Did you do what you were supposed to do and do the right people have the information? So you should be able to measure it to say, you know, in that situation, it's a yes or no. Did you deliver the AOP information, the annual operating plan or not, right? Sometimes it's a little bit more gray. And for folks who are in roles that are tied to engineering or folks that are in roles who are tied to strategy, maybe it's really, um, it can be really different. So in roles for strategy, it may be, do we have clarity for what our strategy and our plan is for the next one year? Is that on paper, do the right stakeholders know, has it been communicated broadly, right? These are measures of success. Sometimes just the communication of an idea is a measure of success. Was it communicated? Do the right people know, have the right checkpoints or um, or circle backs been done? So not only did people get an email, right? Because that's not success. I want to, you know, I want to break it to you and give some folks some bad news. Sending an email is almost never a measure of success. And in this highly email, highly meeting driven organization and culture that we have, having a meeting and sending an email is not a measure of success. It's not enough. It may enable you to get to your measure of success, but your measure of success is, are your stakeholders informed? Do you have alignment from your stakeholders? Has the budget been secured? 
right? Those are tangible measures of success that may be sending an email, having a meeting, doing a brainstorming session, doing a, a innovation session. Those might be um, enablers to get you to your measures of success, but ultimately your measures of success are ultimately, was the project completed on time under budget? Are your stakeholders informed and aligned? And are they supportive of what our strategy is for the next phase? So measures of success are very specific to your function, to the work that you do, maybe even to the leader that you work for. So you need to have a conversation with your manager to make sure that you're clear on what your measures of success are. So a question that you can ask potentially to your manager is, what does success look like in a senior analyst role? I'm a senior analyst. I want to make sure that what I'm doing every day eventually adds up to me being successful in the role. So what does success look like? Does it look like certain reports being delivered on time? Does it look like certain data and information being analyzed and um, summaries and insights being delivered to the manager? What are those things? Sometimes you have to ask the question. So for those who are leaders of people, thinking thoughtfully, really intentionally about what are the measures of success that are going to ensure that your team is working on the right things and prioritizing their time every day can literally be a game changer in how your team works together. Um, and it ties really clearly back to the clarity of purpose. They know what they're working on. They know what they're ultimately accountable for. And there are ways to be able to measure it, measure it in the system. You know, in technical roles, oftentimes there will be dashboards and there will be very clear data that goes into the system to say, did we hit our measures of success? Are we on budget? Are we on plan for our original schedule? Do we have the likelihood to be able to complete the project um, on the time that we committed to the client or to the customer? And if not, have we communicated appropriately? So all of those things are measures of success. They're going to be unique to you or to your team, but it really does require you to have a conversation. If you are the if you are the direct report, a team member, to ask your manager what does success look like, and what are the things, what are the milestones, or what are the um, goalposts that I need to set for myself so that I can, at the end of the year, have a successful year, so that my stakeholders are properly supported. Right. So you see how all of these things are really building blocks upon one another. I talked about clarity of purpose and defining uh, ways of working being the foundation. So as we build and as we think more intentionally about what it's going to look like and how to go about having a high performing um, cross functional team, all of these components will make a huge difference. So having clear measures of success. So I spent a fair amount of time in my career also in a role in procurement, and I know there's some other procurement folks on the, on the team. So ultimately, I led a team of folks in procurement um, or, or a buying team, those who are responsible for buying products um, that we use in our manufacturing process. So our measures of success were really a supplier-driven relationship. So do our suppliers have the information that they need? Are we consistently keeping the process moving because we have the materials where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there at the cost that we anticipated? 
right? So those were some measures of success that I was accountable for in a procurement role. So I've given a couple examples now of folks who are in finance, folks who may be in strategy, folks who are in engineering, folks who are in procurement, right? And you see how all of them are slightly different. So taking the time as a leader of people to make sure that folks understand what those measures of success are can really be a game changer. And that's how you incentivize people. That's how you make sure that you are incentivizing the right work and that people are prioritizing appropriately. If everything is important, that means nothing is important. Your measures of success should be prioritized so that if your team has to choose, do I do this or do I do that? You go back to the measures of success to say, well, this is what I'm being measured on. So this is the thing that I'm going to make sure gets done because that affects my compensation, that affects my bonus, that affects my promotability. So um, I'm going to pause there on measures of success and then I'm going to move into resources. We're going to pick the measures of success back up here in a minute. As I mentioned before, these sessions are going to be about 20 minutes to make sure that they feel very digestible and that folks can go away and take full advantage of applying these examples and this real world content and examples to people, to the work that you're doing. Um, so when I talk about resources, resources look like people resources, people um, resources look like money resources, actual dollars to be able to spend and resources look like information, right? Those are the three largest categories in my experience um, to make sure that you have those bases covered so that your team can deliver the results that they're capable of delivering. They need money, they need people, they need information oftentimes. So as a team, right, as you're bringing, you're a leader and you're aspiring to grow, you're aspiring to lead larger teams that are more matrix or that have more influence over the organization, ensuring that you've gotten the right amount of people to do the work so that people have a quality of life that they feel good about. Um, there's a lot of discussion out there right now around burnout and, um, all kinds of different stressors that go into the day-to-day -day work. A lot of that, in my opinion, is driven by not having the right resources people-wise to do the work. And that doesn't mean just a body. <laughs> that doesn't mean just a body. And this is going to get a little spicy. It's not just a body. Do I have enough people in the place? Do I have enough qualified, capable people to be able to deliver the work at the level that it needs to be delivered? Or do I have a range of people at different competency and skill levels so that the work is distributed evenly and no one is overloaded while someone else is filing their nails or while somebody else is watching highlights for the game? So it's not just do I have people, but do I have the right resources with the right expertise, skill set, and capability so that my team has a balanced workload and can actually deliver against the expectations or the objectives that we've set. So people resources are huge. Dollar resources, money, budget, you know, however you want to, however we want to name it. You need money in order to make money. So you may need money for software. You may need money for team building. You may need money for proper chairs that are ergonomic for your team. You need money. <laughs> you need money, right? But as a leader, you're given a certain amount of dollars. You're given a certain amount of budget in order to deliver against your objective. And then it's up to you to decide how that budget gets allocated, where it goes. But thinking holistically about what are the key performance indicators and where will I need to spend budget in order to deliver against the objective? but you need money. And if you don't have enough now, then making yourself such a valuable asset such that you could ask for more money is 
a strategy that we can talk about offline if that's something that you're really interested in learning more about. But you need money. You need people resources and you need money resources. But the one I feel like oftentimes doesn't get discussed is information resources. You may need special um, software. You may need special reports. You may need special consultants that are sitting in another area that have a deep expertise. You may need um, information from another company altogether that requires you to source and bring in, but you have to identify what that right information is. And you should discuss that as a team. What is the right information that you need as a resource to be able to do your job successfully? Do you have that information? Is it available consistently? Is it accurate? That's, a, that's one that comes up a lot, right? There's a lot of data that's out there, but is it accurate? Is it useful? Is it in a format that I can understand or that's easily digestible? Or do I have to manipulate all of this data in a tremendous way, put a lot of time and energy into it before it's actually valuable to me? So when we think about information resources, information resources, as long as, as well as people and budget can be an absolute um, deal breaker as to whether or not your team has what they need in order to deliver against their objectives. So as someone who is on a team, right? So we're kind of seeing it from both sides. From a leadership perspective, if you're looking to lead teams or you're currently leading a team, asking yourself the question, do I have the right people resources, the right budget resources, and the right information resources to set my team up to be successful so they have an opportunity to deliver against their objectives? And if the answer is no, where do I need to bolster those resources? And then, to take it the next step further, how do I make sure though that my team is aligned and they see the resources that they need and they can use them in a way that um, that doesn't burden them, but allows them to really fully be able to do their job and to do it successfully. So I want to make sure um, as an individual contributor, maybe you're on the team and you're feeling like, man, I don't have the right resources I need to do my job. That's something that often comes up and it's not something that can be adjusted at the drop of a dime sometimes. It may take a little bit of um, influence in order to get folks aligned, get your manager aligned, get other people in the vertical aligned that additional resources need to be spent. But if you have your clarity of purpose, you have your defined ways of working, you're leveraging your stakeholder transparency to make sure that you're delivering against the expectation. Now you've been able to tell the story as to why additional resources should be invested, right? It's not just, I want something and, and you know, I should have it because I want it. It's what's the right story? What's the right business imperative for why additional resources should be invested? So wanted to make sure I gave you guys that both sides of the coin as a manager of people, also as someone who may be an individual contributor and is on the team, um, and really wants to deliver and be high performing to make sure that you are having the right conversations around measures of success and resources to be able to do your job successfully. So we gave a lot of examples um, that should be um, applicable to something that you do. Um, but then also next time, we'll make sure that we tap into folks who are on the brand team. Maybe they're in marketing, maybe they're in sales, maybe they're in um, food safety or quality, maybe they're in you know technology and you're in systems and processes, maybe you're in IT. So I'll try to make sure that each time we get together, I use examples that are from different functions and from different departments so that you can feel like the examples are something that are applicable to you. 
Um, I tend to use examples from my own career, from my client's career, and I have a broad range of those examples. So I'm going to make sure to keep um, keep bringing up something new so that you all feel like it's a fit and it's applicable to you. So today we talked about measures of success and we talked about resources. So next week we have even more in-depth content for you as you are working to build a cross-functional team. So this is the how to build a cross-functional team series that we're working on here at Career Gems for the Journey. If you um, join us next week, we will be back continuing to talk about how to build high-performing cross-functional teams. We'll make sure to make the examples really tangible to you and to make sure that it's spicy, right? We want to make sure that you're getting real talk as you think about how to build that team as a leader and also as an individual contributor as you are advocating for yourself to make sure that you can deliver those results so that you can grow your career. We are so excited that you chose to join us for the Career Gems for the Journey podcast. Please do take advantage of going to gemsforthejourney.org to find additional resources for you to connect with us and resources for you to grow your career. If you're interested in joining our mailing list and getting content directly to your inbox, take advantage of joining us now at gemsforthejourney.org slash promo gems. That's gemsforthejourney.org slash promo gems, and you will get more amazing gems directly into your inbox. If you're looking to connect with us, please do take advantage of an opportunity to tap into us on LinkedIn. We're also available on YouTube and on any other platforms. We would love to hear your comments. This was Amma Gordon and Leah Murphy. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode gave you some real gems that you can use on your own career journey. Come back for the next episode and be sure to follow us on social at Gems for the Journey on Instagram and Career Gems for the Journey on LinkedIn. You can also email us at info at gemsforthejourney.org with any questions or comments you may have.